Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are in God's house with us this morning or watching online as well. Last weekend, what a weekend. Easter. The emotions ran high. Uh, the choir sang. What joy to be singing and celebrating Jesus' resurrection together. As the women went away from the tomb, fearful wonder. But Easter isn't over. There's more emotions confronting God's people, Jesus' disciples, as we look more at the events of Easter Sunday evening and the, and the weekend after Easter today. Our Savior, our risen Savior, reminds us, stop doubting and believe. We'll follow along with the order of worship as it's printed out for you in your bulletin or projected on the wall. Let's begin with our first uh, hymn, Son of God, Eternal Savior, 492. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. 
Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Ascended Lord, you are alive forevermore. Increase our faith and inspire our witness. Fill your church with the power of your resurrection to labor faithfully in joy until every tongue confesses, My Lord and my God. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. first lesson today, taken from 1 John chapter 5, will also serve as the basis for our sermon. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. 
And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. This is the word of our God. Our psalm for today is Psalm 16, and here we receive special encouragement to believe and not doubt that because Jesus was able to say these words, God's Holy One not abandoned to the grave, neither will we. God will raise us to life to enjoy eternal pleasures at his right hand. Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel according to John chapter 20. In these words, the disciples had their doubts and fears, but Jesus overcame them with his word of peace and by appearing to them and letting them see his risen body. On the evening of that first day of the week, When the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins... Their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, 
unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn, 145.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today is the first lesson from 1 John chapter 5. Let us pray. Dear Holy Spirit, you are the Lord, and where you are, there is freedom. Freedom from guilt, freedom from doubt, freedom from fear. Please be with us today and guide us by your truth. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the disciples had been with Jesus for years. They had seen Jesus' miracles. They had listened to Jesus' teaching. They had witnessed his great love for them. Where was their faith? There they were, cowering behind locked doors, afraid of the Jews, terrified and doubting the reports that they had already heard that Jesus was risen from the dead. No matter how long you and I have followed Jesus, we have to admit that we have our fears and we have our doubts too. Afraid of death, Nervous about what's going on in the world around us and how that might affect us? Doubting our victory? John was one of the apostles, one of the disciples who was behind locked doors that first Easter evening. Yet he was there to hear Jesus' greeting of peace. John outlived all the other disciples here in this world. And he clung to that Easter faith. He clung to Jesus' appearance and Jesus' words of peace. And he shared that with others. Throughout the Easter season, we are going to take a look at different sections of John's first letter for encouragement in our faith. Today, John reassures you and me, amid our doubts and fears, the Spirit delivers living faith to us. At our congregation, uh, since I got here and well before, it seems as though there are constantly many moms who are expecting babies. That's the case right now too. Several moms expecting, waiting to deliver babies. And uh, that happened for two of our members just this past week. Chad and Jessica delivered little baby Alexander. It's a reminder that babies are so helpless. They need to be pushed out. They need to be washed off. They need to be fed and changed and held. That's really how it is in God's family too. We are helpless on our own. It's all God's work giving us birth into his family, but the Spirit delivers That's what God says here. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. The Spirit delivers living faith to you and me. Jesus said in John chapter 3 that no one can see and enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. When you and I were born the first time, we were dead in our sins dead to God and doomed to eternal death. 
But God the Spirit took you and me by his word in our baptism and gave us new birth. Our birth into God's family is God's work. He led us to believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Spirit delivers living faith to us. He also delivers living faith in Christ's resurrection. Did you hear that in the gospel for this morning too? These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You and I weren't there to touch Jesus' hands and his side, to see Jesus in the flesh, but the Spirit, through his powerful word, gives us birth to believe that Jesus is the Christ, that we may have life through him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. You and I, because of the Holy Spirit, we can say, along with Thomas, my Lord and my God. The Holy Spirit delivers living faith for you and me, born again, washed, nurtured, cared for, members of God's family. Little babies and little children, you can tell that they love the one who gave them birth. Their little voice calls out for their parents. Their little arms stretch out, reaching for mom and dad. Those little hips as they crawl toward mom and dad. The little legs waddling toward mom and dad. You can see their love for the one who gave them birth. John tells us here that we can see our love for God too. Listen. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. His commands are not burdensome. A living faith loves God by keeping his commands. And this, too, is the Spirit's work. The Spirit delivers. Paul says in Romans 8, that the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. It is God and His Spirit who works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. The Holy Spirit delivers a living faith to you and me that wants to show love for God, that obeys God's commands, and that's not a burdensome thing. The disciples, on the other hand, that first Easter evening, cowering behind locked doors, terrified, they were not obeying God's command. Remember Jesus told the women, go and tell my disciples, go to Galilee, I'll meet them there, go up to Galilee, but instead, staying put, behind locked doors. Sinful nature had its hold on them at the time. That's what the sinful nature does when it comes to God's commands. That's too hard. I don't want to do that. I'm too scared. That's too much. It's harsh. But not for you and me. Born of God, led by the Spirit, the Spirit delivers that living faith for you and me so we can say this is no burden. Spending time in prayer to the one who intercedes for us, there's no burden there. 
Spending a couple hours in God's house? The God who has prepared a room for us in his mansion for all eternity? That's no bother. That's no burden. Helping out my parents to honor my heavenly father? Being a friend to other people because Jesus has called me his friend? Staying pure until and within marriage because Jesus has clothed me in his purity, in his holiness? Giving offerings to the one who gave up everything for me? Building up others with my words because Jesus has built me on the foundation of his apostles and prophets in his church? That's no burden. I'm happy to do that. This is how I show my love for God who gave me birth by obeying his commands. The Spirit delivers a living faith to you and me. The disciples on that first Easter evening, though, terrified. Terrified of the world around them, the persecution, the hatred, the violence that could happen. Are they going to do the same thing to me that they did to Jesus? The world certainly wages war in that way. But in 1 John chapter 5, he alludes to a different kind of warfare that the world wages against us. He speaks about the world in connection to our attitude to obey God's commands. And this is often such a subtle warfare. It's even more dangerous oftentimes because we've lost a battle before we even realize it. The world has secret agents, so to speak, looking to take us down. People in the world who are so nice and content and down to earth and and seem pretty friendly, but they don't want to have anything to do with God, don't see a need for God. And we start to wonder, do I really need God? Am I wasting my time with the Lord? This subtle attack leads us away from the one who brings us true peace and lasting pleasure. People in the world who live for the next vacation and the next competition and always having fun all the time makes us wonder, why do I have to miss out? Don't I deserve more? Shouldn't I be getting more out of life? And this subtle attack from the world works to lead you and me away from the one who gives us rest for our souls and who has won the victory over death for us. People in the world who promote, there are many ways to God. And we should love whoever we want, however we want, for as long as we want, and then be done with it if we want. Should I follow every longing of the human heart? Maybe there is another way to God that seems more acceptable to me, more appealing. And this subtle attack from the world works to lead you and me away from the one who has set us on the path and opened the narrow door to us, loved us more than life itself. People in the world who need to think that the next election cycle or the next term of office is either going to be the best thing since Honest Abe Lincoln or the end of the world. Should I be more elated? Should I be more terrified? 
Should I be more outraged? And this attack from the world works to lead you and me away from the Prince of Peace who rules over all of heaven and earth and wants to reign in our heart supreme with his peace and forgiveness. People in this world who write storylines in movies and in novels that soften sin and celebrate immorality. And we start to wonder, should, should my life look more like that? Is that really such a big deal? Is that okay? And that attack from the world works to lead you and me away from the one who took sin seriously and took sin away at the cross. All these attacks from the world, you and I have sided with the wrong side. We have surrendered. We have lost to these attacks from the world. On our own, we have. The world that's constantly looking for more and more in the here and now, the world that celebrates and takes pride in its own achievements, that wants to go against whatever is viewed as God or good from him, what happens to the world in the end? It decays and dies and perishes, and so will everyone who sides with it. But listen again to our victory that John describes and reassures us in. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In several ways, John refers to our faith. First, that we are born of God. That means that we have new life in God. We belong to God. That means we look and act like him. Born of God means we share in God's victory. We will not pass away and perish like the world. We will live. Our faith overcomes the world. Our faith is not about our efforts, about our work, about our best tries. Our faith is God's gift to us. It's his work for us in Christ. Many people believe different things about Jesus. Oh, just a good person, just a prominent religious figure. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. Jesus is the Son of God. That means that he is God himself. He has divine authority, and he has the power to overcome the world. When the world came after Jesus, Jesus, be our king, drive out the Romans, rule here over this world now. Jesus resisted. When the world tried to dethrone Jesus, crown him with thorns, do away with him, Jesus overcame the world. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He proved it on Easter Sunday. He proved it by appearing to the disciples and to the women. He proves it by sending the Spirit, the Spirit who delivers a living faith to you and to me. Witnesses are so important when it comes to establishing the truth. There were many witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. The women as they were walking away from the tomb. The disciples on Easter evening. Thomas the weekend after Easter. 
John mentions another witness. He says here that the Holy Spirit testifies that Jesus came by water and blood, not just water, but also by blood. These words may seem a little bit confusing to us. Some see in these words a reference to the time when the soldier pierced Jesus' side and water and blood came flowing out. But that event doesn't seem to be a good description of how Jesus came. Others see in these words a reference to the sacraments, baptism and communion. Yet these words just talk about Jesus coming by water and blood, not by water and bread and wine or by water and body and blood, that doesn't seem to quite fit either. It seems best to take these words as referring to Jesus' ministry as a whole, which began at the waters of the Jordan and his ministry ended at the cross with his blood shed there. Jesus, at his baptism, as the Father approved him, the Spirit anointed him, Throughout Jesus' ministry, serving as our prophet, speaking God's word, as our priest who sacrificed for our sins, as our king who rules with his truth, all of the Old Testament pointed forward to Jesus' ministry. The Gospels record Jesus' ministry. The rest of the New Testament points back to Jesus' ministry. It is the Spirit who testifies. Jesus came by water and blood. And as he shed his blood there at the cross, he overcame all of our disobedience. He overcame all of our defeats to the world. He overcame for us. And he shares that victory with us. This first Sunday after Easter, the gospel lesson is always about doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas couldn't just take their word for it. I have a friend who reminds me, he's quick to mention, don't call him Doubting Thomas. Don't be so harsh with Doubting Thomas. After all, there are many popular opinions that are quite wrong. Thomas didn't just want to take other people's word for it. He wanted to know for himself. He wanted to be sure. He wanted to know the truth. And don't we too? When it comes to our soul, when it comes to our Savior, when it comes to our eternity, we want to know the truth. That's why it's so reassuring amid our doubts and fears to hear this. The Spirit is the truth. Not just the Spirit sometimes tells the truth or can tell the truth, but the Spirit is the truth. He cannot lie. This is the Spirit who tells you that Jesus was born for you. Jesus lived for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose for you. Jesus always lives for you. The Spirit delivers living faith. We can count on him. He has given us new birth. He leads us to love our God by obeying his commands. He gives us victory over the world. Believe it. Be blessed. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the Create in Me.
continue with prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the healthy baby boy, Alexander Lewis Hemingway, born to Chad and Jessica. Please continue to be with mom and baby and the whole family. Graciously grant new life to Alexander by your spirit in baptism. Lord Jesus, we thank you for watching over Connie Keither uh, with a recent heart attack that she suffered this week. Please continue to be with her. Grant health and stability and recovery according to your will. Be with her family and loved ones and all who are praying for her and uh, helping her at this time. And in Jesus' name, we also join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. may be seated for the distribution. If you're visiting with us today, please note our practice of close communion as it's outlined on the screen and in the bulletin. Body of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
given it to them for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and eat. This is your Savior's true body. Take and eat. This is your Savior's true body. Also take and drink. This is the true blood of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and drink. This is the true blood of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and drink. This is your Savior's true blood. May this strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting, heart at peace with God. Amen. Take and drink. 